InvestTalk listeners ask Steve and Justin what they use for their winning investment research. And the answer is YCharts, quality data with easy-to-use tools. Start your free trial now at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. And I thank you for joining us today. I'm Justin Klein, and today is October 8th, 2018, and it's also Columbus Day. And it's somewhat of an oddity uh, among holidays. Less than half of the states give their workers Columbus Day off as paid holiday, and most non government businesses are open. Uh, banks and uh, the bond market's closed, but the stock market's open. Pretty interesting. Uh, usually, that's that's a rarity in, in our markets, but that's just the way it is. Post office doesn't deliver day, today either, so it's kind of a weird day in the markets, but the NYSE, NASDAQ, other major markets were all business as usual. Now, before we dive in today's market acti- into today's market activity and your questions, I want to mention two headlines of interest I saw this morning. First, FedEx is so desperate for pilots that holiday season, it pays them up to $110,000 to delay their retirement. And obviously, FedEx, UPS, they're expected to do well this holiday season as more and more people ship ship things, and FedEx pilots with 30 years experience already make around $300,000 a year. So uh, certainly you see the the rise and continue rise of online shopping, and you need shippers to do that. So uh, FedEx is and UPS are great barometers for the economy, and even more so, I think, today than they ever have been because of that dependence on shipping uh, with online sales. Now, second headline of note is that does not directly concern the market or finances, but I think it could help us put things into perspective. Hurricane watches and storm surge watches have been issued along the north northeast Florida Gulf Coast, and that began as Tropical Storm Michael has now threatening to become a hurricane and make landfall in Florida on Wednesday. Now, I point this out to show how quickly things seem to be moving. Right, you have monster hurricane Florence, and didn't, that didn't dissipate until less than uh, less than three weeks ago. And about many of, but all of us had almost forgotten about Florence, Hurricane Florence. So certainly the activity is happening. That's why you're going to seeing a lot of volatility in the price of energy, uh, especially natural gas, oil, etc., because these hurricanes certainly can disrupt supply. Uh, and delivery and uh, change the demand curve for these commodities as well. Well, the Talk phone lines are open, and I invite your questions right now at 888 chart Now, in today's top of the show story, I'll, I will have an important tax warning for every retiree or every person planning for retirement, which is probably all of you. But first, we have a question that came in on our anytime listener line at 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve. 
Steve, love the show. Just wondering how much of a portfolio, what size portfolio do you need for you to be willing to review it? Thank you. I would say $100,000. Let's go with that. Simple answer. Thanks for the call. 8899 chart, 88992 4278 is asked how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Now, we saw this headline today at time.com. Every retiree should make this tax move right now, according to a new warning straight from the IRS. And since everyone who listens to Invest Talk is probably either a savvy retiree or an investor working towards a fully funded retirement, I thought it would be worth spending some time to break down this particular story. Now, essentially, the IRS has a message for any retiree, and that says, make sure you're paying enough federal income tax. The Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of the last uh, that, that were passed last December changed the income tax calculation for most filers. And employees aren't the only ones that need to double-check their withholdings. The GOT, GOP tax bill lowered the top individual rate from 37, or sorry, to 37 percent from 39.6, and the income brackets dropped slightly by about 3 percent. That means that on average, most re retirees will likely see a decrease in their tax liabilities and owe slightly less. And although it varies by individual circumstance, that could be a tax liability risk. Some people retire and then go back to work either full-time or part-time, thereby generating potential taxable income. So retirees who receive monthly pension income or annuity checks or supplemental job income may well need to increase or lower the amount of taxes that they pay. So you got to make sure you factor in Social Security benefit payments into your expected retirement income. This is why we say it's it's worth it. If you're in a relatively complex situation, it usually makes sense to hire some sort of an expert. So everyone's situation is diff different, and the tax laws always change, and they have changed, right? And they're probably going to change again. So you may need to be keeping up and or at least have a professional that is, is helping you. Now, we are not CPAs. We're not tax professionals. So I don't say come to us. Uh, we know some basics, especially on the investment side. But when it comes to those particular things, it's important for you to hire somebody. Now, if you have questions about how to shape your portfolio strategies towards your retirement or maybe in retirement, Steve and I have the skills and expertise to help you maximize your investments. So reach out to us at KPP Financial in our Dana Point office or send us a message through investtalk.com. Now, I invite you to give me a call at 888-99-CHART. Now, today's main talking point, General Electric's stock value has suffered an 81% collapse since 2000. This comes amid record-setting gains in the market. GE's $500 billion market meltdown. I'm going to look into that and why it's happening, and it, there are lessons there that you need to learn as an investor. Now, some other topics I have on the schedule include the fixed income route. And you probably have noticed interest rates have been rising on the back of still relatively strong economic news. And that pushed the 10-year to the highest it's been since, I think it was 2011. And that certainly changed the dynamic when it comes to 
all assets and asset valuations, and especially long dated bonds. So we're going to talk about what ramifications that is having in the bond market. And then I want to get to Goldman. Goldman Sachs, they have a consumer lending arm called Marcus, and they're cutting their lending uh, because they're getting cautious. And I think that's very interesting to note, and we're going to discuss that. Also, baby boomer generations and their retirement homes are going to change, and we're going to talk about what that is and how that may be uh, affecting that industry kind of long-term for you to understand. Now, the market today was down early, rallied really off support, uh, and I've been saying this for a few weeks now. We are in a correction, and there will be bounces within a correction. There will hit support levels, and today we hit a support level. Uh, how far or how long that bounce lasts, uh, I think it's hard to know. Um, could be a couple days, could be a couple weeks, but know that we're in that phase. We're in that risk-off phase, and you need to be adjusting your portfolio if you are overweight risk, if you maybe have too much risk in your particular portfolio. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and I offer a suggestion for serious investors. Please go to investtalk.com and read about, read about our KPP Financial Discipline Equity Strategy. It is an investment program for clients of KPP Financial, and it filters through thousands of stocks based on business quality, chart strength, and underlying value, and it offers consistent exposure to the equity markets by focusing on only high-quality companies listed on U.S. exchanges. Check it out now. Now it's Monday, and we're taking your questions, so give us a call at 888 888- Thanks for listening to Invest Talk. Happy partial holiday, Columbus Day. Here's a suggestion that could change your future. Head over to investtalk.com and read about the many strategic investing programs offered to clients of KPP Financial. In particular, you should consider Equity Income Plus because stock investment returns can come from two places, price appreciation and dividend income. Equity Income Plus may well be a strategy you are missing. The phone lines are open, Justin's here, and he's taking your questions live. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Jeff, and I'm calling from Boca Raton, Florida. My question is about whether we should lease or purchase a used car. Currently, we have one car that we own, which is my car, and I've had it for years. And I'm perfectly happy driving it and then selling it when I'm tired of it. The other car that we have is a lease. And what we found is that we're going to have to turn the car in and pay additional money because my wife got a new job and now she's driving further and further to work. So we're going to be in the hole when we turn this car in. We're not the type of people that need to get a new car every couple of years. With that being said, when I've been looking at prices of cars with very low miles, the savings seems to be significant. So I'm not quite sure if we're getting the best advice in regards to leasing or purchasing a used car that has like 10,000 miles on it. 
it seems to me that we would come out ahead purchasing a used car with very low miles and just driving the car until it's paid off and then maybe drive it a few year a couple of years past that anyway your advice would be appreciated I think you've answered your own question. Uh, I think you're correct. Uh, if you are the type that is able and willing to drive a car for seven, ten years straight and not have to get the latest car, uh, you're not a car fanatic or anything, you just want point A to point B and you buy a car you're happy with and comfortable with, keep it for a long period of time, absolutely, buying a slightly used car is the best way to go. Now, if you're a type that does want to get the latest model and is always trying to change. Maybe you're going from sports car to SUV to sedan to whatever, uh, and you like to switch that up regularly, then leasing a car is probably more for you uh, because you're only paying for that particular depreciation. Uh, and your depreciation is defined and it's not kind of up in the air, right? Whereas if you buy a used car, uh, you're, you're getting rid, you're, you're going... Uh, you're skipping a lot of that initial depreciation of, of the new car, and then you are able to pay it off and use it for a long period of time in times when the depreciation amount is very, very low. Uh, eventually, you go and sell it for a few thousand dollars or whatever, and then you move on, but uh, that's the best long-term way to be purchasing cars if you can and are willing to drive the same car for seven-plus years at a time. Thanks for the call. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Now, here's an investment term you should know, rainbow option. A rainbow option is an option contract linked to the performance of two or more underlying assets. They can speculate on the performance in the group or minimum performance of all the underlying assets at one time. Each underlying asset may be referred to with a color. In this way, the sum of all these factors makes up a rainbow. Other names include correlation options, basket options, and if you want to learn more about them, go to, over to investopedia.com. It's a good place, good resource. Now, if you have a security question or other investment question, ask it now. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. I think thank you for joining us here today, and I hope you find a minute to subscribe to the Invest Talk podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Then listen, rate, and review. I'm ready to take your questions right now. So give me a call at 888-99-CHART. The KPP Premium Newsletter packs a lot of market news, process explanations, and even stock ideas into a concise summary every Friday. You can subscribe at investtalk.com. It's a great value and a must-have for above-average investors. You are listening to Invest Talk. Have you got a question for Justin? He's here, and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Let's take it through and ask your question in the next half hour before the show is up. Now, our main talking point is about General Electric, GE, and it is approaching a pretty large milestone. Now, back in 2000, GE was the largest uh, publicly traded company in the world, uh, roughly uh, worth about $600 billion, and this was the year 2000. 
And now, about 18 years later, it is worth less than $100 billion. So about a half trillion dollar wipeout. And this is pretty shocking. Uh, GE is, would be considered a blue chip stock, right? Anybody 10, 15, 20 years ago would think GE was a blue chip stock. Paid a consistent dividend. It had a lot of um, track record to that dividend, consistency of that dividend. And it was ran by the legendary Jack Welch. The problem is, is that a lot of the acquisitions and moves by Jack Welsh were very misguided in many ways. And many after uh, that happened with CEO Jeff Emmelt as well. Those were misguided. Many of them were misguided as well. So it just goes to show you how important what we call qualitative analysis is when it comes to investing in stocks. And qualitative analysis includes understanding leadership, management. How strong is management? management? What is their track record? And even when their track record, like Jack Welch, is good, they can. it doesn't mean they are without their, their flops, right? Uh, it doesn't mean they can't make bad decisions. So you have to understand each acquisition in and of itself as well. Now the shares are down 45% into, we're down 45% in 2017, and they're down another 35% so far this year, and that has pushed them out of the Dow Jones industrial average. And that led to even more selling. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to remake themselves. And they're trying to unload many of those older businesses, including their light bulb operation. Some were acquisitions and some were legacy, like this, like the light bulb operation. Uh, they even had a huge write-down of, I want to say it was $24 billion recently because they have a new CEO coming in, CEO coming in and he's kind of cleaning house, throwing out the kitchen sink. And I think this is smart. Uh, it's smart for them to slim down their operations and focus on what they're good at. Focus on their core, power generation, aviation, renewable energy, things like that. And it shows you when you when a company starts to branch too far out of its bailiwick, as Steve would say, or its core competency, that's when they tend to get in trouble, like GE's finance division that almost bankrupted them back in the 2008 financial crisis. So make sure when you're looking at companies, you see their acquisitions, you see the moves that they're making, make sure that they're not going outside of their core competency because that can kill the company as a whole. Now let's get to another caller who took time to leave a question on our Anytime Listener line at 888-99-CHART. Hey guys, this is Clay from Baltimore. Thanks so much for the, uh, for the show. I was hoping you could take a peek at Applied Materials ticker symbol A-M-A-T. Uh, I bought some a while back, uh, liked the business. It went down a bit, so I bought more, and the thing has just been a dog. So I sold part of the position, just wondering what I should do with the rest. So if you give me your thoughts on the fundamentals and technicals, I'd uh, appreciate it. Thanks so much. Well, the technicals are terrible, uh, and the fundamentals are 
getting worse. Let's say that. Uh, this is Applied Materials. Uh, AMAT is a symbol. They are in the semiconductor equipment business. Let's just say that. So they supply the Intels of the world, the Qualcomm's of the world, the Broadcom's of the world, etc., with equipment to produce chips. Okay. Now this is a cyclical business on top of a cyclical business. This is a company that in 2013 made only 59 cents a share after making $1.30 in 2011. And this year they're supposed to make $4.46 a share. Next year they're supposed to earnings are supposed to go down a penny. Okay? To four sorry, down 21 cents to $4.25 a share. And it's just a terrible terrible time to be in the chip sector it's we're near the top or past the peak in the chip cycle and that is the issue here and so long term you know the return on equity is 43 percent that's going to fluctuate dramatically it's one of if not the best semiconductor equipment maker in the world so long term it is a good business a good investment yields 2.2 percent modest debt so I like the company, but I absolutely despise the chip sector at this moment, outside of a couple names, and this is not one of them. So I uh, expect it to continue to go down, continue uh, to have volatility, and if you want to hold it, you need to be very, very long-term with it. I'm Justin Klein, and I'm ready to take your questions now at 888-99-CHART. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call Invest Talk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go to research tool? Y Charts. It's a cloud based financial research platform. It is indispensable. Y Charts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use Y Charts every day. Y Charts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YCharts has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bloomberg Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious, get YCharts. This is InvestTalk. Have you thought about asking Steve or Justin for a no-cost and no-obligation portfolio review? You should. 
They can set up a telephone conversation or a Skype consultation. And by the way, Steve Peasley will be returning to San Jose on November 7th. Register now at investtalk.com. Okay, you've got finance and investment questions, and you can get unbiased answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Now, you probably have noticed that interest rates are rising and they're reaching levels we have not seen basically since 2011-ish time frame. And the rise in commodity prices and wage pressures are really pushing these to the highest levels pretty much the cycle, uh, depending on what metric you're looking at. But the value of the Bloomberg Barclays Multiverse Index, which captures both the investment grade market as well as the high yield bond market, fell in value by $916 billion just last week. So the high grade bonds, I mean investment grade, treasuries, etc., that's down 2.53% in 2018. And going and this index goes back to 1976 and there's only been 3 years where this index had dropped in a particular year. And we're likely to see one of those years this year. Now, will it be a full 3% at the end of the year? We'll we'll find out. We have about a quarter to go. But money managers continue to sell treasury or sorry ETFs of treasury bonds especially TLT which is the longest term 20 plus year treasury bond ETF and they've sold it to the tune of one over a billion dollars just last week that's the largest drop since November of last year when President Trump uh, won the election sorry not when President Trump won the election, but since uh, November of last year. Uh, now, that's the most of any U.S.-listed fixed-income passive fund. Now, the zero-coupon bond market has been the worst. And the reason is is because there's really no duration, or the duration for these bonds is extremely long. And you don't want to be owning long-duration bonds in a rising interest rate environment. So the PIMCO's version of this strategy is trading at its lowest level since September 2014. Now the market value of obligations with below zero yield, meaning these government bonds around the world, in uh, in Japan, in Europe, etc., now stands at only 5.79 trillion, which sounds, still sounds like a large number, but it's the smallest amount since 2016. So interest rates are rising across the board, across the global marketplace. Not only that, but high yield bond funds are also falling out of bed. A record $1.2 billion exited the iShares iBox high yield corporate bond ETF, which is HYG is the symbol. That was uh, on Friday. And there's another one from the Spiders that also, J&K, that fell uh, a lot last week as well. So money is flowing out of bonds. That's the moral of the story. Now, the good thing is that if you're income starved 
and you maybe have a laddered bond strategy like we do with our balanced income program, our stable income program, which those are the two that own bonds and ladder bonds. Well, when the bonds mature, you get a higher rate. Instead of losses on your positions, you have now the opportunity to get higher yields once your bonds mature. That's why we use shorter dated bonds, you know, three to seven years, and roll those as the maturities come. So this is uh, an environment that says, tells me you need to have a laddered bond strategy if you have bonds part of your portfolio, which, you know, if you have a, over $100,000, you probably should if you're near or in retirement, okay? So, and then you have to also look at just the value of assets in general, like real estate, even stocks, all types of assets that rely on interest rates that are affected by the rise of borrowing costs. And so we're going to get to that a little bit later. Now listen, while you pick up your phone to call the program, I'll get to a call that came in earlier on our Anytime Listener Line at 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve. This is Dan from Staten Island. I just recently started accumulating Walmart simple WMT. I got a cost average of around $94.31 at this time in a half a position. I'd like to continue accumulating a little bit more to fill out the other half a position. What would be a good target price for me to set my eyes on for a potential buy? Is uh, Did I set my mark correctly or should I set it lower? Maybe you guys can help me with that. Thank you very much. Well, we own Walmart in some of our managed accounts, so we like Walmart. We've owned it for a while. Uh, we've trimmed position back uh, around $100 or so a share, uh, rebalanced it higher when it was in the low 80s, mid-80s, something like that, and you know had a good earnings report uh, last quarter, and it's been kind of consolidating that move, and you know, I like that. I like that it's just been consolidating that move. It still yields a, a nice 2.2%, which isn't dramatically high or anything like that. But uh, it, it's a business that is has good leadership, has a lot of advantages that the Am Amazon doesn't. Uh, and they've been acquiring digital ass assets like Jet.com and the, the CEO that came with that uh, acquisition. And they've been doing some good things. Now, uh, their report a couple quarters ago uh, made the stock decline because the digital side of the business wasn't as growing as fast as maybe the market had liked, but it's still growing. Um, and so I think there, there, there's going to be fits and starts because it's a, it's a difficult place to compete in, right, with Amazon. Uh, but they have the tools, and there are a select few retailers that have the tools, I think, to compete with Amazon long term. And that's why we still like Walmart. Now, the entry point uh, would be probably gap fill uh, from when that earnings came out. So in the low 90s, $91, $92 a share, something like that. I, I like that as an entry point. You know, we're not that far off, 95 25 to close today. So uh, I like that you're accumulating Walmart. Uh, you sound like an older gentleman, so you're probably acquiring it for uh, a dividend and maybe in retiree in, in retirement, uh, and it's certainly a good stock for that type of investor. So I like Walmart uh, and continue to add to it on dips, I think. 
Now you are a listen. Now you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. And I believe that every investor should determine their risk tolerance. That first step in that's the first step in building a more profitable investment strategy. And you can quickly calibrate your risk tolerance anytime by using a free online tool at investtalk.com called Riskalyze. It offers valuable technology that will pinpoint the unmatched with unmatched accuracy an investor's acceptable level of risk. Steve and I can use those results to ensure that the risk in your current portfolio be, is aligned with your investment goals and expectations. In other words, making sure that your portfolio is designed for your particular financial situation. You can get started with the InvestTalk menu link at investtalk.com, then scroll down and click on Risk Questionnaire. All right, the phone lines are open, and we are taking your calls live. Right now, we have about 15 minutes left in the show at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they are committed to reason and common sense guidance. It can help make you a better investor. And this philosophy is implemented for KPP clients and on all Invest Talk platforms, broadcast radio, live streaming, and podcast replays. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein have over 60 years of combined experience in portfolio and money management. And unlike many other advisors, Steve and Justin always provide unbiased recommendations, unaffected by third-party considerations. You can reach out to Steve or Justin by calling their Dana Point, California office or send a message through investtalk.com. The InvestTalk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. You can call with questions. 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Will in, where is Will? In San Diego. Oh, hi, Justin. How are you? I'm well. You Um, want to talk about General Motors? General Motors, yeah. I've owned it for a while. It hasn't really done a lot. And I'm worried about the auto industry. And I saw one of your uh, YouTube videos, uh, I guess several months back, stating that the auto industry was probably headed for trouble. So that kind of indicates that maybe I shouldn't hang on to GM. So what do you think? What's your latest? Yeah, I think it's only going to continue. Uh, I think the economy is likely going to slow through uh, into in the fourth quarter and into early part of next year. Now, do we hit a recession? I don't know, but you know the comps from earlier this year are going to be difficult. So, uh, I think the from an economic standpoint, uh, we're certainly going to be slowing. And then the as you as you probably remember from the video, talked about lease returns are really flooding the market right. with used cars. And as the caller earlier was talking about, is used car prices are down, they're low, and it's competing with new car purchases, right? Because the gap between what you can purchase a used car at and what you can purchase a new car at is is wider than it's been in a long, long time. And so the value proposition of a used car is a lot better these days. And that's why General Motors, Ford, Toyota, they're all having trouble. And why you see GM is at five straight quarters of declining revenue and they're having to increase incentives and uh, really it's going to hurt the auto industry as a whole. Now this backlog of lease returns should abate sometime middle part to the end of next year. Now, what the economic backdrop is at that time, I, you know, I, I'm not sure yet, but 
that's when you can say, okay, the auto industry might be making a comeback. But I think until at least the middle part of next year, the GM uh, or the the auto stocks are going to continue to have problems and be in a downtrend. So I guess what you're telling me is probably now is a good time to get out. Well, I'm telling you that if you you got to be willing to hold towards some more downside over the next year. You know, higher interest rates are not going to be beneficial either, right? Because the cost of borrowing to purchase right. a car is going to be higher. So, it's going to be more difficult for the the auto makers to garner or gather uh, high prices for their cars. So I would say expect more downside for the next year. If you're willing to hold through that and you know continue to add to your position through that time, you know, that's okay. You know, I just in general, I don't love the auto industry as a, a long-term hold. It's a very low margin, highly cyclical business, and it's very competitive. And while GM's, you know, a, a, a fine automaker and they have some good brands and they're certainly better than others out there, uh, you know, I don't really love it from the long term. So I would not be holding it through that. I would not be adding to it. I would be trying to diversify away into other areas of the market. Yeah, that, that seems to make sense. I thank you for your advice. I think that's what I'll do. Thank you, Will. Thanks for calling. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278 is how you get through and ask your question. We have 10 minutes left, so if you're going to call, you probably want to do it now. I want to talk quickly about a report that I think is very important that came out today from Goldman Sachs, and it's about their Marcus division. Now, the firm's Marcus unit is cutting its loan origination target for next year. And the revision reflects concerns about the stage of the credit cycle and the changes in the market data. And I've talked about this before, but the economic cycle is really just a credit cycle. When banks are open to lending, and that's where a lot of the lending has come from recently, is from these non-bank lenders or um, shadow banks, shall we say, right? the lending clubs of the world. And... Marcus is in that space. And they're seeing that the data is that maybe defaults are rising or maybe they're just not getting the borrowers that they want at the higher interest rates that are coming out, right? Or they're not getting people to borrow money at the levels with higher interest rates. Now, this unit has grown very rapidly. They've lent more than $4 billion in under two years. And certainly analysts are wondering, uh, you know, are they getting out of their core competency, right? Goldman Sachs, uh, of lending to consumers as opposed to what they typically do is they're in the business of investment banking typically, right? Uh, M&A, uh, raising capital for companies, etc. And now they're going this. Now they did hire uh, Harriet Talwar from Discover, from Discover Financial Services, so Discover Card, to run this business in 2015. So he certainly he has some expertise, but it just shows you how kind of a lot of businesses either pro- they came up with loose loose uh, low interest rates and started to lend to consumers, or they already had a business and they kind of branched out from the core competency. So I think a lot of the risk in this market when it comes to lending are these consumer lenders, lending club, etc. Marcus. 
And with unemployment really this low, if that starts to creep up, you're going to see loan losses tick up as well. And total household debt in the U.S. hit a record earlier this year, according to the Federal Reserve. And personal loans have surged to a record into the fastest growing part of the consumer lending category, with about $125 billion outstanding. And a lot of this is coming from fintech companies, and that's, I think, the, the biggest risk when it comes to lenders in this particular market. Now, I know it's hard to believe, but we are already into the second week of October. I want to hear from you. 888-99-CHART is our number. On the next Invest Talk, a retiree trap can send your Social Security benefits to the IRS. But there is a way around it. Steve will break down the story tomorrow. But now, Justin's here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Tammy. I'm calling from Arcata, California. I've been listening for about a year, and I really appreciate your show. I just started investing last year. I invested a little bit in shorting the 20-year treasuries uh, last spring and ended up doing really well, I think right around in February. I took that money off the table, then a little bit later reinvested it because I thought there would um, be be another opportunity there, and I ended up going in the red all summer. Uh, now, all of a sudden, in the last couple of days, I'm in the green again, not very far, but in the green. I'm wondering if I should just sell it now and be done with that or if there's more opportunity. So it's a TMV, TTT, I'm in three or four of them. Um, yeah, I'm just wondering if uh, where you see the 20-year Treasury inverse funds going. Thanks a lot for your time. All right, looks like she is buying TMV, which is the direction 20-plus year bear 3x fund. Uh, now, one thing, this is three times leveraged to inversely to the value of the 20-year-plus Treasury index. So as interest rates rise, the Treasury index falls, and this goes up, right? It's the inverse, three times the inverse. So it's going to be very volatile, uh, and that's why you're in the red. And I wouldn't be holding this long-term, and I would use this as a time to get out. Uh, I think interest rates are near uh, a short to medium-term peak because I do see higher interest rates cutting off economic activity as well as you're going into next year and you're not going to have the tailwind of fiscal stimulus, right? Tax cuts. So the comps for next year are going to be very difficult. So you're going to see economic growth decelerate into next year and that is going to push, I think, the Fed to slow their increases in interest rates or maybe uh, pause for a little bit to see how the higher interest rates affect things as well as an economy without fiscal stimulus next year. So I think those two factors are really going to change where we see interest rates headed over you know two, three months from now. And you're lucky that you're holding this three times leverage ETF long term and now you're in the green. Because typically anyone that does that long, long term uh, is, is having problems because, because of uh, tracking error, etc. Which 
isn't as affected in the bond market because it's not as volatile as the stock market, but it's still there. So I would certainly use this as an opportunity to get out of your position because of where interest rates are. And I still expect interest rates to have a pullback going into your end along with the overall market. And that's why one of the reasons I think you saw bond proxies, utilities, REITs, uh, consumer staples, companies that pay strong dividends, those rallied well today. That's where we're kind of positioned because we do see interest rates coming back. And I think uh, that will only continue into year end. Thanks for the call. 888 chart 888 Now I want to get to quickly uh, a story uh, about Chinese peer-to-peer -peer lending lenders. Uh, and this kind of piggybacks on what we just talked about with the Goldman Sachs Marcus arm that was launched and their peer-to-peer -peer lenders in China uh, in a lot of ways are frauds. Uh, many of them are. And that's become a very big issue. And as many as 4,000 people have lost as much as $117 million as a result of the failure of just one of these peer-to-peer -peer lenders in China. Now, more than 400 peer-to-peer -peer lenders platforms collapsed from June through August of this year. It's one of the big reasons why you're seeing Chinese stocks decline so rapidly. Now, there's still about 1,800 of these peer-to-peer -peer lenders in China. But there's an investment bank in China that expects the, that to contract to 200 after more of the dominoes fall. Okay. So you're going from you know, 2,200, 2,500 or so of these peer-to-peer -peer lenders down to 200. So over 90% are likely to be wiped out or go broke. So if you know anyone in the peer-to-peer -peer lending space that has money in those uh, in China, you need to be very, very weary of them. And this is a good example of uh, ones that are happening here, Lending Club, Prosper Marketplace, etc., that are very similar, not saying they're frauds or anything. Many of the ones in China are just outright frauds, but they're extremely risky. They haven't gone through a downturn, and this is what you're seeing with this downturn in China, and that will likely happen in our space as well. I'm Justin Klein, and that completes another Invest Talk program, driven by again by your questions. And a reminder, our podcast listeners, that they will learn a lot more about YCharts, our new sponsor and the maker of software that Steve and I use for serious research, data filters, and charting as well. We use it every day. Thanks for listening. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.